Hello and welcome to This Game Where with me, Ashley. And me, Chris. Watcher. Watcher! It's like being in the 50s. You alright? Yeah, I'm in a grumpy mood. Yeah, I might just squeeze that into one I'm phrase. You're alright. You're alright. Yay! Yay! <laughs> horrible. Horrible as a honk that was. I'm so sorry. I hope listeners okay yeah. as well. More so than me or yeah. Ashley. Whatever. Yeah. Why? Are you bad? Are you bad? Well, you are. You goes, uh, whatever. Mm. Did I? Yeah. You said more so than me and Ashley, which well, implies that there's something going was, on in your life that you've, no, was, not, was, you've not I was, shared. I was feeling a bit recalcitrant after the uh, after honking. Yeah, I, at you. It's all right. It's wor- your working class roots. Do you ever? Do you have working class roots? I know that two generations back, you, your granddad's a millionaire or something. Um, uh, possibly like long, long thrust away roots, perhaps. So why? you've been middle class for donkey shares, have you? Like, oh, why is why are you bringing this up? Why? I just wondered because you've just because you just come out. You just come out off the starting blocks and gone yeah which is something you might hear in hear in brookside <laughs> yeah all right do you have work so i just them my roots are very shallowly working class yeah my i am i i was born into a working class family like a is it butcher's roots here it is the butcher's roots in the rainforest the amazon rainforest the ones that stick firm us working classes don't know about butcher's roots oh okay Awkward. I've, I genuinely actually don't know about buttress roots, so if you want to tell me a bit about buttress roots, I'd love to know. They they stand stand proud of the soil, and they they go they go up and then in and then into the trunk, so that the trees all stood stood stuck there and keeps it all safe like a buttress. Okay, I mean, are they in the rainforest only? I, I think that's a really bad description. I think I should uh, should apply for David Attenborough's job, shouldn't I? I learned about them in the Amazon rainforest, or in the Amazon rainforest, when I um, was in year eight at school. Oh, so you didn't go to the Amazon rainforest? I you have just said. The Amazon you just said. Yeah, I mean, you started the sentence. I learned about them in the Amazon rainforest. Oh, I learned when about I was them in year eight. Being in the Amazon rainforest, I learned about them being a facet of the Amazon rainforest in year right. eight. So, like an oak tree, because I'm thinking what you've described, if I was going to draw a characteristic, a, a stereotypical tree, as a child, maybe, five, five-year-old vision of a tree, I'd probably pop, put what might pass as buttress roots on the on the bottom of it. No, they're, they're, they stand up from the ground. They go almost like up and then almost like a 90-degree angle, and then up again into the tree itself. Oh. Oh, well, I wouldn't draw that. That sounds no, unnatural. They shouldn't be doing that in the Amazon rainforest. But then a kid in the Amazon rainforest has to draw a stereotypical tree. That's what they draw. And they'd be like, if you talk about an oak, they'd be like, what? So, you know, every... Uh, what? It's, it's different for everyone, isn't it? Really? What about an oak is going to make anyone anywhere in the world go, what? Well, if, you're, if your frame of reference is buttress roots, then oaks are going to be... They're going to blow your mind, aren't they? Yeah. That's a good bit of chat. I I enjoyed that chat. I hope everyone else enjoyed it. Yeah, but I'm, I'm sure going to tell you a little bit about a game. I'm sure no one you got know, turned off by that. What buttress roots? I think that's a <laughs> top quality fact, and uh, I appreciate you sharing it, it with was, me. It was good banter, wasn't it? Good banter. No, it wasn't banter, and that's genuinely one of the reasons that I enjoyed it. We we don't really do banter. No, I don't think. The idea leaves me feeling. At cold. least I don't intend to. What's the game then? I think banter's like 
winding each other up and that, isn't it? Well, this week, I'm going to tell you about this game where you get to explore the very earliest days of a major player in video games. A major player? Yeah, it's slightly misleading. And I'm aware of it, and we'll talk about it after. But yeah, it's it's a game where you, you get to explore the very earliest days of a major player in video games. John Madden. No. A player. Mm-mm. Okay. Uh, I like where you're going with it, but you're way cold. Way cold? No, I don't know them. I'm, I'm, I it's very, straight it's very much more literal than, than that, because it's a game about Nintendo. A game about Nintendo? It's kind of about Nintendo, yeah. Do you know anything about where Nintendo started? Playing cards. Yeah, you've gone way far back, too far back. <laughs> bring it for, bring it more oh, okay. up to date. Uh, the NES. Before Bet- that. Betwixt the two. Mm. Um, arcade cabinets. No. Oh, God. This Game is... & Watch. Right. Okay. So is that what we're doing? Game Watch. We're doing... We we are, yeah. We're doing a game called Game & Watch Gallery Advance. Or if you're in Japan, you'll have known it as Game & Watch Gallery 4. These are oh, compilations. No. This is another shinobi where it's called Game & Watch 4 for, for reasons that are really overly complicated. No. They okay. just, they only, at this point, there were five games had come out in this series in the West, and only four had come out in Japan, which is unusual, uh, yeah, an unusual is. way for things to go around, certainly when it comes to Nintendo. So yeah, I mean, it's worth noting. Um, and that's as far as that goes. Uh, these games, the Game & Watch Gallery games, they started on the Game Boy, um, and uh, I think about 1997, although I didn't actually write that down, so I could be wrong. Um, and this game came out in 2002, Game & Watch Gallery Advance. So they've gone from Game Boy to Game Boy Color, and now we're on Game Boy Advance. This is the only one to come out on Game Boy Advance. Okay. What do you know about Game & Watch? So Game & Watch with the little handheld electronic devices, a bit like you had the, the Tiger ones that came out in the UK and America, I think, as well, where it's um, like little LED or LCD lcd would not lady lcd graphics that were like black sort of on like a opaque backgrounds it was all browns and blacks yeah that's the colors and then the games themselves were very simple often they only had two buttons and a d-pad so it had to be simple as a result of that and then also because of the limited firepower that the actual console i guess you call that so you're playing it on had yeah so um, yeah, I mean, uh, you you've hit a few nails on in a little bit far. Go me. You've hit a few nails a little bit in. Um, they are LCD based games. Um, they came about because Gunpei Yokoi, who is the head, I think the head, or at least one of the head honchos at Nintendo at the time, around about nineteen seventy, um, around about nineteen eighty. He was on the train. This is an apocryphal story. I don't know whether it's true, but it's certainly the one that gets told. Kumpei Yukoi was on a train. Um, he was looking around and seeing uh, various businessmen pissing around with their calculators because they were bored. And he thought, well, pissing if they're so the t- into the typing their... in, in boobless. Boobs. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, or hello. If, upside down. If well, they're that's so that's interested. That's not work in, Jap- in Japan, does it? Awful. Move on. Carry on. Well, it, it does kind of because they they tend to know certain English words, and "hello" would probably be one of them. So, all right, yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe there are Japanese equivalents in uh, calculator world. I really don't know. So I did a good. Um, he, you did something. I yeah. Uh... 
he was he was on the train. He was watching these people mess around with their calculators, and he was thinking, "We can do better than that." And went away, pitched it at Nintendo, came up with a game called Ball. Are you, do you know what Ball is? No, but I love the title. <laughs> I thought you would. Ball well, no, was the not, not in a, not in a smutty way. I mean, the fact that they, you know, oh, we could give it some some title that tells you what the game is. Nope, we're just going to call it Ball. Well, it, it does tell you what the game is, and it's actually uh, something that carried on into their home console range. If you remember, we played Kung Fu. Kung Fu was a game where you do Kung Fu, and it was one of the launch titles on the NES. There was also uh, the, a launch title on the NES was Baseball. Another one was, I think, Football. They they The first 18 or so games that came out, other than Super Mario Bros., they were very dis- like descriptive, single-word this is what the game is. You're going to do but this. But that's football, baseball, like ball. What am I doing with the ball? Like catch and throw in. Come on, pull your finger out, Nintendo. Chris, that's exactly the game. You throow a ball up Way, in the air. I did it. You catch the ball. You throw the ball back up in the air. You catch the ball on the other side. You've never seen this one. No, I haven't. It sounds scintillating. Hmm. Well, it is far better than you'd uh, maybe expect it to be given that it's a, a, a throw the balls up in the air basically you're a juggler and if you drop okay. the ball you lose um, well, people, you know and it's, it, the simpler game is oftentimes the more you know not not addictive yeah. but you know it, it's it's got a replay value Compelling. and i, I, and I Compulsive. suppose he's seen that gap in the market and if it is simple that's what those people on that train would have wanted yeah it's also to do with what you can do with the technology at the time and that mm. was what they could do with the technology at the time um, all of the Game & Watch, so I'll give you a bit about Game & Watch. Ball is the first Game & Watch game to release, and it's an absolute sensation. Everybody what, loves it. It sells millions. And was that, is that like a console like that? that's sort of a handheld thing, and Ball is the thing that is on it, and that's that? It wasn't cartridge-based? Yes, that's exactly right. right. Yeah, you, yeah, you've referred to uh, the Tiger brand mm. of, of these things, and they're a, they're a cheaper version that, that come out sort of 80s, 90s. Um, that I certainly had a couple of, and you seemingly had some of as well. I did. Game and watches were known. Cool. Game and watches were known for quality. Actually, they if you ever held one, you'd feel the quality in them. They were they were compact and dense, um, and solid pieces of equipment. And they were supposed to be like a a businessman's thing. They weren't a toy. Whereas Tiger, they sort of took it and ran with it as a toy because of what happened in the aftermath of Game and Watch with home consoles and um, and the NES in particular uh, and uh, and the NES especially. They ran with it as a toy uh, sort of thing. But the Game and Watch was made for these businessmen that are messing around on the train in Tokyo on the way to work. So they wanted it to be a fairly aesthetically pleasing desirable thing um which is also i think why they made it a watch it wasn't just game it was game and watch these things were timekeeping devices and even when you weren't playing you'd have an animation on the screen and you'd have the time in the top right hand corner so it was a way to try and sell it to business people i did not know that's why it's called game and watch that's that's blowing my mind makes complete sense oh. Good. I also I'm think glad. it's. I think it's also interesting the fact that this is. You say this was 1980, or I made that up. Yeah, that's yeah, right. 1980. The fact that you've got. If think about when you and I were were tykes, and we've talked about this before about games being aimed at children, and then with the Mega Drive thing had games aimed at teenagers because that was the burgeoning market. It's interesting that back in 1980 you had games being aimed specifically at adults. Like I didn't yes, realise that yeah. was a, that was a thing. 
Yeah, no, it's um, it's kind of goes against the grain in terms of, I well, yes and no because obviously the, there was things like Pong. I think Pong was, I Pong certainly wasn't aimed solely at children. It definitely was aimed, um, I think, at adults going mm-hmm. on dates and things to the arcade and that, um, or 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 wherever. Um, so it wasn't a new thing, but certainly when we were younger, it transitioned to be something different, and and we experienced it from a child's perspective as well. So we True. would have felt that they were targeting us, even if they weren't necessarily. Um, I don't think anyone was trying to sell Splatterhouse to kids, despite you know no. every child that I know having played it. But um, gaming watches were definitely built with these business people in mind. So I've just Google. Ball was the first one. Just Google what they um, look like. They're they're quite quite smart, aren't they? As well. Yeah, that was the that was the idea. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm clarifying myself, sort of to, to back that up. And yeah, I concur. <laughs> oh, good. Um, Ball was the first one, but they followed it up with lots of other ones. I'm not going to go through them all because there's there's tons of them. Um, they re they re imagined them. So I I don't know if you know, but the DS the the dual screen thing they actually did that in the Game and Watch uh, series first. They were dual screened Game and Watch devices okay um as part of their lineup um and you probably and, don't know but how much were these retailing at approximately oh i don't know yeah no. you're right i don't know no, i'm just sorry curious that if this is you know like this is your game watch it's got one game on this ball then the second game watch comes out it's got it's got a different game on i'm wondering kind of like whether they'd be wanting people to own multiple game watches or whether multiple. it'd be mm. too it'd be too much i, I really don't know i'd imagine the tiger no. ones when they were around they were probably I don't know, 15, 20 quid or so, which probably like... Yeah, something absurd. 50 quid these days. Um, We'll be coming to Tiger later on, so just hold your fire with Tiger. Fair enough. Um, I mean, maybe we'll come to it sooner rather than later, because you you always do this. I got me me track, and you're uh, derailing everything. It's fine. I'm trying to engage. It's the way of the world. You're doing a really good job of engaging. Thanks, pal. Sorry, sorry for being Marty. It's just my mo. It's just my mode today. I think. Um, it also introduced the D-pad, or at least it introduced Nintendo's version of the D-pad. I think that there were D-pads floating around in various different ways prior to this, but that that plus button, that plus shaped button that we all know now, that then reoccurred on the NES and and, and everything going forwards for Nintendo. That was introduced um, on Donkey Kong in 1982. So the the Game & Watch version of Donkey Kong was where that came from. It then carried on through the line of of Game & Watch consoles, um, I think right until the end in 1991. So, well, I say the end. Until the 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 end the first end for Game & Watch. The um, re-release. The D-pad was being used, yeah. Yeah. Um, You've talked a little bit about I you've talked a little bit about uh like what you might expect and and for all intents and purposes what you would get is a black and white LCD screen um and the games tended to be built around and a few different uh LCD parts that you that would then interact in in quite a stop motion fashion mm. to suggest animation rather than being fully fledged animation so you might in in ball as an example you would have um, an arc of balls. Often you could see the arc of balls um, over Mr. Game and Watch. That's the name of the character that was often in these games. Great. Um, and the ball 
the ball as it animated it would move from one dot to the next as it went in an arc over um over mr game watch you could usually see all of these different elements sort of palely in the background um they did also have like as they went on they got more and more elaborate but they they would have had painted on um elements of detail as well so if you think cement factory have you ever played cement factory in any form no so cement factory would have cement buckets (coughs) dropping down from scaffolding above scaffolding yeah like a construction site above um and i think you had to catch them in in vats to stop them from hitting people possibly and also avoid being hit by them um and all of that scaffolding all of the detail of the surroundings was painted on or or drawn on to the screen in one way or another sometimes it was even done in a way that would suggest depth so you would have this semi 3d decoupage style um effect so that it stands out from the screen quite impressive it sounds to me like you've never played I'm quite impressed by the level of detail that Nintendo kind of put into these, really, thinking about trying to create a bit of depth of, of field and stuff. It's uh, it's good. Yeah, yeah. The thing that was most intriguing, I suppose, or interesting about them is that actually the games were often very, very good. I, I And even I think that. Like, I, I can sometimes struggle with older games simply because they're very slimmed down mm-hmm. and uh, simple. But actually... Certainly playing Game & Watch Gallery, I've played a few of these games um, across the Game Boy Color and the Game Boy Advance. Uh, Playing the Game Boy Gallery stuff, you can play them in a modernized version and the old versions. And I think both of them hold up as games. They tend to boil down to the same sort of thing. Like, they're always, how long can you do this thing? Um, So, ball is juggling. There is one in Game & Watch Gallery Advance called Fire. And Fire is actually one of my favorites you people are jumping <laughs> sounds pretty harsh as well uh people are jumping out of a burning building and you are uh two characters underneath with like a trampoline or a, a blanket or something thing. trying to catch them and you've got to bounce them to safety so they'll bounce once and then depending on which character they are they might bounce two or more times or three more times and they'll all bounce in different places one of the uh bonus levels in earthworm jim was that was with peter was yeah peter the the puppy there was he was bouncing in from from the left. He had some puppies he was throwing in at you, and you had to do exactly what you just said to get them to the kennel safely. Nothing is new. Yeah, I, I didn't Nothing realize that is was ever new. Off that. Yeah, there you go. Um, I mean, a lot of a lot of those bonus game style things are probably some kind of rehash or remake or mm. remaster of uh, of a game and watch classic in one form or another. Anything falling down from the top of the screen probably has happened in a game and watch. Anything being. Uh, Anything that's sort of repetitive and um, timing-based or anything like that is probably Game & Watch related. I, I um, like the idea of you saying it's just kind of you, you do what you're doing kind of over and over and over. There was in the WarioWare game on the Wii, there was a, a ping-pong game, mini-game, where you had to you had the bat and it was controlled by using the Wiimote. And you had to basically, a bit like Crackout, you had to put it kind of working vertically up this tower. So you, the ball was bouncing, 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 and the screen was scrolling, 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 and you had to move it left and right to get around these obstacles. And I played that game so much. Hmm. Yeah, they they are. I I didn't think I'd like Game Watch. I think I got bought one. I think I got a bought a bought a knockoff ball because they didn't make ball again until two thousand and nine, and then they gave it away on um, 
like the my Nintendo points thing. Right. Um, and I certainly didn't have that. But when I was younger, probably about probably in the 90s, so mid to late 90s, well, no, it would have been early 90s. Um, I had a version, I think, of Bull. And I didn't think that I would enjoy it. But actually, when I was playing, when I got playing it, I, I played it quite obsessively. It was really, really compelling, compulsive. Right. Well, and to go back to your question, um, you asked me a couple, a couple minutes ago. I've never, never touched any of these at all, as far as I'm aware. What about a tiger? Because you mentioned tiger. Yeah, the, the Sonic one. I think it was my brother, to be fair, had that for, for Christmas one year. It was a Sonic 3 one. And I remember, like you just said about with the, the screen, you could hold it to the light in a certain way and you could see the kind of the either the details on the screen itself or, or what was on behind the screen that was obscured slightly by the screen being there. I don't really remember much of the game itself. I, I can't even remember what genre no. it was. It, just, it was Sonic 3 themes. I remember it was the picture. It was the artwork from Sonic 3. So him, Sonic on the left-hand side, and then Robotnik in... Uh, I can't remember which level it is, but in his um, boss machine thing that he fights you out in, in one of the uh, the stages on the right hand side sort of sneering at sonic and that was it yeah. yeah good story it is a good story it's your it's your story it's my story um i i have even less to give on tiger i definitely had one of them um they were always built to be chunkier and for some reason they had a lot of un seemingly unused real estate above the screen so they'd they'd have the buttons you'd have the screen and then you'd have the same again above, but n nothing, nothing there except maybe advertising for whatever game it is. They often worked. I mean, you've got a Sega one. Capcom definitely uh, did a lot with Tiger or Tiger did a lot with Capcom. So like Super Street Fighter and Mega Man and things like that. They appeared on on Tiger brand uh, handhelds. Tiger LCD games. I, whenever I played one, I definitely had one myself and I played them in other play people's houses. Um they never were very good <laughs> in a way that um, whenever I've played Game & Watch games, Game & Watch games are replayable and enjoyable. And Tiger tend to be... Um, they have all the LCD stuff, which I don't know if you could call them bells and whistles, but they ha they do the LCD thing. They do the sort of stop, gap an stop motion animations yeah. type thing. But the actual gameplay tends to be a little bit ropey in a way that Game & Watch, I, I've never found them to be. Game & Watch usually are quite solid gameplay-wise. I've just Googled it. You can still get this. Um, I've Googled Sonic 3 Tiger Electronics on, on Amazon. There is a Has Hasbro Gaming Tiger Electronics Sonic 3 Electronic LCD Video Game Retro Inspired Edition. It's £16 and um, it looks exactly the same as I remember it, but I don't know what the game itself is. I'm going to look into it a bit more um, when we sort of at the halftime point. But okay. going, cause I don't, don't want to be rude, but going back to your point about the gameplay, I remember I would play this kind of uh, two or three minutes at a time, but never much beyond that at all it never it didn't didn't hold my attention it was something to play in the car no. that was that was its its job and even then it was it didn't inspire me particularly but then you're saying the game and watch is the opposite where you've got because it's the trying to get your pb trying to un, understand how the game works in, in as best a way as possible that's the thing that it had in its favor yeah i they were games of endurance they were all games of endurance and often they they had stuff involving good timing um to to do a thing and and being able to like maximize your score was was incumbent on you having some skill and building some skill over time and i think that the tiger games they were ropey enough that even if you were able to build skill you wouldn't necessarily 
be able to rely on that skill alone because the game would thwart you and and maybe even you might say cheat you right um or it might have just been that they were poorly built compared to the game watch stuff um game watch gallery then because i've talked a lot about game watch we've we've been on for a while now but game watch gallery is a, is a collection of these game and watch games um I was if you look at the when you started talking about it wondering that if this is one of the first like mini game compendiums Mm, i don't know i mean obviously this is the fifth in the series so this wouldn't be this wouldn't be but but as a series um, maybe as a series i don't uh, possibly i don't i really don't know um the headline figure for game and watch gallery advance i think is six games so you get six games up front, but then over the course of each of these games, you can un- unlock other games, and you will end up with a, and you will end up with a total of eleven games uh, as the headline figure, as mm-hmm. the upfront figure. You can then though unlock another ten in a different part. So there's a museum part where you can unlock classic versions of some of uh, some more games or i think 10 for a total of 21 of these uh, game watch games for comparison i think the next most the next highest number of games in a game and watch gallery game is 11 so they've almost doubled the total mm. that that they have on offer the headline 11 the, the first six plus the five that you can unlock through gameplay uh those games have all got this modern aesthetic that they've taken game and watch uh, they've taken mr game and watch and they've done away with him and they've replaced him with um figures from mario and and the mario canon so donkey kong appears and toad appears and princess peach appears and mario and luigi cooper and so on and you get you get these really well made uh i think really well made um versions of these games that everybody knows in very simple ways you get these really quite pretty looking takes on those games you can still play them as the classics if you want to but honestly the best way to play them is in this remastered form and it makes sense to have those nintendo characters that buy 97 or whenever people have got those relationships with You've also mentioned yep. that remasters. Is this maybe obviously I know we're very much clutching at straws here, but is this maybe the first time games have been remastered as well? Yeah, I mean, there's a. It did. It did occur to me that like there's. It's a bit of a dirty word, isn't it, remaster? But actually, when it's done right, when they take something old and make it fresh and new again, um, I think it's. Uh, it can only be a good thing. I think if it was the case that I could only that you could only play game and watch games in their original form, I wouldn't be so interested in playing mm. them. But in these forms, I think there's something that that compels me to um, and keeps them feeling accessible in a way that maybe they don't feel so accessible in the originals. Um, and did you stick games... with? Did you play the updated versions then, as opposed to the the original versions? I mixed and matched. I was playing these around 2002-ish. I can't remember exactly when, but it would have been around the time that it released. And you said Fire I told you was one of your... I think so, yeah. And you yeah. said Fire was one of your favourites. Which are the ones um, yeah, do you so, um, remember? Well, Fire is the one that stands out, but there is... Um, I'll tell you what is there. So Boxing is there, which is a, a boxing game. Uh, Rain Shower. I don't remember Rain Shower, although 
you know, might be surprised to find that it's a good one. Mario's Cement Factory is one that a lot of people do know and have played in one form or another. Donkey Kong Jr. is in there and Donkey Kong 3 is in there. Okay. Um, as unlockables, you've got Fire Attack, Octopus. Octopus is an interesting one because it's one of the uh, later versions. It's I think it's 1981. So um, they've got this big... In the original, they've got this big octopus that is... Uh, takes up a, a quarter of the screen it looks pretty cool even in its lcd form um so and i but i can't remember it and i'd be i am interested to see it but in both forms here uh there's also the donkey kong uh which is the one that introduced the d-pad uh mario bros and chef there so they're the unlockable secondary games there's a bunch of tertiary games one of which is zelda so the the original game the original of zelda of zelda yeah, there's right. the Game & Watch Zelda. Oh, right. And, yeah. and you said Donkey Kong and Super Mario Brothers. Is that a Game & Watch... Is is that those original games or, or a Game & Watch version of those games? It's Game & Watch versions of those games. Right. So it's not actual Donkey Kong. It, it's a version of Donkey Kong. Right, it's okay. Good, you know. No. Mario Bros. Is, uh, is they making cakes. But you'll see, I think. You'll see. Um, in order fun. to unlock them, though, you do need to have collected some stars. And I was to about get, to ask collect how stars, to stars, you have them. to get certain high scores in each stage. So you might not get to them. I don't know. We we should see. Yeah. It reminds me a bit of the, the Sonic collections that came out, the Mega Collection, the Gems Collection, where they had games that were hidden behind unlocks, such as the... I can't remember what they were, to be fair, off the top of my head. But um, some of them, for some of the games, were... were pretty heinous i've seen drummers talking about them before yeah these aren't it's a case of you collecting um stars and the stars come from getting high scores so the more you practice the better you'll get at the game and the higher the score that you'll get it's just iterative i think you you will at some point i think unlock most if not all of the content it's not the only unlockable content either so one of the things that i like about this um package is um if anyone played rare replay um at all in the last several years i really like that package because it's like a historical look at rare's output and they do a really good job of presenting all of that including artwork and and things related to the game um this actually does the same thing it's a it's an artifact of uh it's a it's a it's a presentation of nintendo history and and it's the beginning uh for for most people at least um certainly in non-japanese countries it's the beginning of their engagement with nintendo nintendo before as you said were, were playing card manufacturers and maybe you picked up a the odd ultra hand or something in the in the 70s um in america or or the uk but but for the most part most people's um history personal history with nintendo is it will begin and end with the games these this is where it starts Wow. And this package puts together that for audiences that weren't there at the time. Fab, is there anything else to say about them at all? That's it. Great. Let's get Game Watch in. Bleep, bloop, bloop, game and watch. Mm.
that doesn't really do it justice. One of the things that I think uh, stands out in this package is the quite light-hearted, whimsical music. And bleep, bleep, so you bleep, could have bleep. at least had a doesn't... go at representing one of those, mm. creating one of those. No one wants to hear no. that. At least for no. me. Not terribly musical, I Love music, but but not so much. Didn't quite rub off, did it? Didn't rub off. Well, I'd be surprised, to be honest. What do we think, then, of Game & Watch? Game & Watch Gallery? Was that the proper name? Yeah, Game & Watch Gallery. Thank so Game & Watch Gallery Advance here, and Game & Watch Gallery 4 in, in Japan. Japan. It's the yeah. fifth entry in the games. Yeah. Well, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, it's one of those games I've we've we've played it, and I'm never going to touch it again. But it was it was good while it lasted. Well, that's a shame. I this so well maybe it's not. I don't know really. The got, got too much package, stuff to power wash. Come on. Well, fair point. Yes, but the package, uh, the package is the sort of thing that you'd want to see on a mobile device or. On the Switch. The Switch is a handheld yeah. device. And being, you know, people haven't really changed all that much since 1980. You still get bored sitting on a train sometimes and being able to while away some hours. I actually think if this was on the Switch, it would get some playtime in situations like that for me. And that's when it's up against much bigger fare, like, you know, your Zeldas and your dragon quests and so on i can completely see this is bite size enough that it it will while away an hour or so i can see how these were done as essentially as you just said mobile games like there's there's not really much difference between these and mobile games you can get nowadays and i can completely see something like this working on the switch i can see how it was perfect for the game boy advance as well for that exact reason yeah it's a great compilation it, it's well that's a whole different thing altogether like as a compilation as a collection of of games as well this com this package is a pretty complete package and we didn't have time as is often the case to wade into the depths of all 21 games but even the upfront uh package of six is pretty cool and what i like about those six is the variety within them in yeah. terms of gameplay and what's going on but then also you've got the classic i mean this is going to be the same for any compilation but ones that i particularly enjoyed ashley might not have been quite so keen on and then vice versa but that's okay that's that's how it works it's very nature of it well you say that but actually i think there was quite a we we came to a bit of a consensus i think fire is a standout rain shower is a standout uh donkey kong and donkey kong 3 are the stinky are the pits yeah yeah so i think actually you've said that maybe we don't we 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 don't enjoy the same ones but i think we did I yeah, think, I think fire and rain shower out of those first six are the are the tops. Cement factory's probably middling. What was the other one? Uh, boxing. Oh, and boxing. Well, you you loved a bit of boxing, right? I, I, I quite enjoyed boxing. I got got quite into it. It's uh, you know, you, you go backwards, dodge away from enemy, and buff buff buff. Get them again. How many in. boxing That's... games have you played? Thousands. No, what in actual real boxing games? <laughs> Any any kind of boxing, like mm. what I'm really asking is, boxing's not really your cup of tea as a you know on a standard day. No, not at all. I think the last boxing game I played right was, was on uh, was on the Wii on Wii Sports. Well, that's not a bad one to have played. 
I think what this has done is package it up in a in something that you can find palatable, and and actually all of a sudden you're a boxing fan, boxing champ. Uh, one thing you're actually, a fan of the square circle. Is that what they call it? The square circle. Yeah. Oh dear. Uh, before we start talking about the individual games a little bit, then, which it's maybe worth discussing the the classic and modern versions of each game as yep. well, because each game, as Ashley said in the first half, you got the classic iteration and the modern version classic ones is some really smart design choices where you've got the actually talks about the kind of the the lcd-ness the kind of shadowiness that you could see if you held the, the screen up in the right way and it replicates that within the game boy advance package so it is like you're playing an lcd screen which i think is really cool it's a, a very smart design choice and then the the modern versions are given a complete lick of paint so there's no real gameplay changes at all they just look a lot nicer and they look Look like SNES games, as, as indeed they are beyond the Game Boy Advance. Used a little wavy hand at me. What what changed for some of them? Can you remember any? Yeah, I mean, Fire, firstly, Fire has a slightly more up and down nature to it. So in, in the original Game & Watch game, you had arcs that were the same for every character that got flung out of the burning building. And they would all follow those arc, those same arcs, those same trajectories. But in the modernised version, in the uh, 2002 modern iteration, you would have different characters which would take different flight paths through the air. So a Donkey Kong Jr. and the Yoshi might be a bit heavier and therefore they might not bounce as high as a toad would. Um, so you had to you had to factor that into to where you were in any given mm. point as well i think that also meant that you could have there was one point where i think i had a couple of toads a yoshi or two and a donkey kong jr and because they all fell at different speeds and from different heights it was quite uh it was quite a you know a difficult situation to juggle i was trying to avoid saying that because that's basically <laughs> what you are doing you are juggling people in the air the, the um, analogy i was gonna say balancing act and i was biting my tongue for the exact same reason yeah uh it, it definitely produced a different it was the same but different sort of situation for me like and you I, were you were very good at that game yeah as you said just then you had five cards at one point i uh i found that one quite difficult i had two at at any time and, and that that was enough for, for, for me for me but then i got knocked on my backside by boo in the second round of boxing and you were flying through boxing 10 rounds in true no br- no bruises face at all you were punching 10 shades of poo floating like a what do, what do they have in Float like butterflies mushroom like kingdom uh, float yeah like but do a... they have but- butterflies uh... and bees float like a float like a tanuki koopa trooper yeah there we go Felt like a tanuki sting like a bee suit. It's very similar, isn't it? Yeah. I don't I we're not gonna make that fly, not in the no, not in the few minutes that we've got to think We're not about doing it. we're not doing a good job. And then comes a rain shower, which I think is the absolute jewel in the crown for this. Well rain shower deserves, I think, a little bit uh more time, um more consideration because there was there was quite a lot not a lot to the game, but definitely enough but a lot just to the experience as a whole. The presentation is the thing that that made Rain Shower sound head and shoulders. So you've got your character, you've got a a tower in the middle, and there's four washing lines. uh, One upper left, a house. Was it? Yeah, it was a house, actually. That makes more sense. 
upper left washing line, upper right washing line, lower right washing line, bottom left washing line. And you've got two on the left hand side, you've got two on one, one on the other, the right hand side, one on one, two on the other. So three in total per side, six items of washing in total. You've then got a rain shower at the top and the, the, the rain cloud is raining down raindrops alternating usually between left and right and you can see the trajectory of the raindrops as they're coming down because of the lcd screen and you've got to shimmy between the four washing lines and press a just to move the washing to the left or to the right to take it out of the path of the raindrops and as it falls down you might notice that it's the raindrop is then oh it's missed the top bit of washing but it's going to hit the bottom line so you quickly skedaddle down to that and move that as well to get the rain to get the washing out of the way of the raindrop that's the game that is the game. That's the game play. But what made it so good was the execution of it. So you've got the the character. Well, I, I said what I realised actually thought about the character is I felt that was a really nice situation for gameplay because the vast majority of people playing this game will have been in, um, including perhaps you at home or Carl, wherever you listen to this, will have been in that situation where you've got you know, washing on the line, or oh, look a bit dicey outside. I'm, do I get it in? Do I not get it in? And and so straight away you've got that sense of relatability to it, which the modern version, which we'll talk mm. about uh, afterwards, didn't have. You've also the the character you play as, the 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 four lines of washing, depending on the position of the washing within the line, changed the the face of of the character. So there were eight frames of not animation but eight frames of of the character's look and each of them conveying a different type of panic or a, a different way the character's looking and all that whole together for me bundled that together it created i hesitate to use the word plot but something that kind of you understood what the character was going through and you understood the character's panic and their urgency in trying to keep the washing dry which just was an extra layer on top of me that i thought was was brilliant yeah i was just so impressed by the economy which is what you've laid out there the fact that they were able to characterize this person who is struggling with day-to-day life um (laughs) and and they've done that in eight in eight facial expressions Mm. that they've captured in black and white um was just astonishingly it it was just astonishing it was just astonishingly well um well realized um and there were other things in that as well. So, like the fact that the storm cloud would grow as the game hmm. continued on, and the uh, when you hit a hundred or two hundred, when you when you hit every uh, century milestone, the clouds would briefly clear, and the sun was one of the decorative elements on there, and it had a big old beam in face, and mm-hmm. you'd sit down. Your character would sit down in his deck chair and enjoy the sun for just a few beats and then he'd be back to battle in the rain and then there was another element so the the modern the modern ones they have a soundtrack and the soundtrack is as, as i said quite jolly and, and whimsical and fun but the originals what they had were beeps and bloops like you like you put forward but what this had was a certain tone that gave it a metronomic mm, um completely feel to it a vi of the vi the the notion of a metronome ticking and talking and time going slip slipping away and you you're battling against not just the elements but time as well and for me playing the game with this constant tick tock of a metronome in the background was um pretty soothing in a in mm. in quite a surprising way 
you then add the fact that every time a drop hits a surface, it plinks in a in a quite pleasing way. And when when drops were certainly as you got further into the game, sort of four hundred points onwards, they were falling in such a, a manner that they were quite rhythmic in the way that they were hitting the surfaces. So you'd get these, you had this metronomic um, tone that was punctuated with these quite plinky melodic. Um, moments it, it i know this is going to sound completely ridiculous and i'll say it it sounds that way because it is but it put me in mind of the breath of the wild soundtrack and the fact that they they paired everything back for that and you you were galloping through these um these huge open spaces and all you had was the these sort of flickerings flutterings of piano music well there was a there was a notion of that here as well in rain shower i know it sounds ridiculous i know it is ridiculous to make that comparison i still felt it i still i still enjoyed it for the same reason i think you've just touched on there for me i found it it was the the game i found the least not only just stressful, but the, it was the most soothing. And I think maybe because it was the mm. gameplay itself was so easy to do. But I think the presentation and that plinky plonky aspect as well, they all came together really well. And I I was rattling through that that game a lot more than any other ones and really enjoying doing so. Yeah, I I wonder if there was something about the fact that there was, there was the risk and there was the danger of you washing, getting of you washing getting wet but there were also it, that was punctuated in itself with these moments of of calm the mm. very brief moments of calm where where the sun came out and you could just enjoy the day um i don't know i don't know why it was but it definitely everything came together in rain shower to make it possibly the best game in that first offering of of six games yeah hands down i, I think, would say so yeah that and then fire probably well interestingly you've you said about that those two together i think rain shower ends up ultimately being a very similar game to fire because you it's just a case of looking at where things are going to land and making sure that you've lined up or not lined up that the thing you're controlling so that it hits or doesn't hit yeah that you know it's it's they're, they're different sides of the same coin i think that's kind of what i was trying to say i'm not sure if i said it in a very good way in the first oh, half or clear okay. way in the first half but they are for all intents and purposes the same mechanics remixed in in various different ways um uh, if you think of ball it's it's about juggling and the thing that fire and rain shower have in common is your juggling it, just in a different mm, yeah way presentationally um it's interesting too that i i think at least that those are the two one uh, those are the two that we feel are the strongest of of these first of these initial six games and actually the two that we feel are weakest are the ones that stray from that pattern yeah that's a good point actually uh, be before we touch on them then um i just quickly talk about the modern version the modern version you play as mario and you've got toad and donkey kong jr and then peach joined a bit later on who are on a washing mm. line for reasons that aren't why would they be on a washing line and there's bowser's in a in a tree uh these were tree and he's chucking out these berries and depending on the color of the berries it shows you whether it's going to land 
close to the tree or further away from the tree so you've got to move them across the line to make sure they don't get hit by the berries for me i think the the fact that it went away from this the the something relatable to something in the mushroom kingdom i appreciate they're trying to make it modern and new but i i think it lost something for me by doing so mm. Uh, yeah, so the Donkey Kong 3 and Donkey Kong Jr. Donkey Kong 3 was the one where you're playing as Donkey Kong Jr. No, Donkey Kong 3 was the one with the bubbles, wasn't it? Yes. Where there was something in the middle and you had to fire bubbles to make the, the thing that was a, a fly trying to make it go over to the left-hand side towards Donkey Kong. It was a fireball. Fireball. I had a fireball. I had a fireball and a boo, so you had to turn oh, the, in the boo modern around version, and the boo yes. would... Oh, sorry. Yeah, it was this in the yeah. classic. Apologies. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just didn't find it very engaging at all. And the then Donkey Kong Jr. is a very simple platformer where you've got to make your way up to where there's a key in the top sort of middle of the screen, uh, top left corner in the modern version. You've got to get the key and then make your way over to where Donkey Kong is in a cage, touch the cage when you've got the key equipped to take off a quarter of the cage, repeat it four times to get rid of the cage. I didn't get past just getting rid of a quarter because I found it quite boring. Yeah, I did too. You had to jump at the right time to catch the key and then uh, unlock that quarter of a cage. Um, I found I found it un, 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 unengaging. Yeah. Um, it's, it is it is Donkey Kong, the, it is. the classic arcade-style Donkey Kong taking place over two two levels instead of the four or five that Donkey Kong tends to. And it's quite brief in what it offers, and it's not really got a hook um, nah. for that reason. So, yeah, I think of all the games, that's, that's maybe the least good. Um, Donkey Kong... The, the, the Donkey Kong 3... With the bubbles, I yeah, with the bubbles. That that's like a tug of war sort of thing, and it, it's interesting. It's it's like the opposite of tug of war. Like it's you're pushing things away instead of trying to pull it towards you. Um, and it's what I do find interesting about it is that it's a two-player game for all intents and purposes that you would have been playing solo. I believe. Mm. I think there is a way to play some of these games two player i am i suspect that it would involve um hooking up a a game boy advance with a game boy advance but i never okay. did it myself um but yeah it's it's interesting for that i think it it definitely it's the furthest away from the what we said this juggling thing that i think makes game and watch games so compelling um, it's the furthest away out of the first six games from that idea. And it's also got this notion, this nod towards two-player gaming, um, yeah. which is interesting, but for me, not particularly catchy. Nope, not at all. Uh, and the last one was a Cement Factory, which I thought was really heinous on the classic version. And the modern version was a lot easier to, to play and understand what was going on. Cement Factory, you've got two columns, left side and right side of the screen, with these um, vats of cement that's being emptied into some hoppers underneath. And you've got to make your way between the two levels of the factory to make sure the cement goes from the top hopper 
press the lever on the top hopper to make you fall into the bottom hopper, make your way down to the bottom hopper, press the lever there to make you fall down into the receptacle below. And in the middle of the screen, you've got uh, two levels of lifts, one section going up constantly, one section going down constantly. You've got to use the lifts to navigate between the two or the four areas of the factory, top left, bottom left, bottom right, top right. Um, if you don't get on the lift as it's level with where you are in the classic version, you tumble down and lose a life and lose some health. And you've got to make sure that the hoppers themselves don't fill it with cement. They can take three bits of cement at any one time. If it takes any more than that, game over. Yep. It's the... not the game that I remember it being. Right. Uh, cement Factory. There's a different thing where you are in like a construction zone but like an unfinished building and you have to it's a similar idea like you've got these platforms that go up and down and the cement buckets that are falling and you have to stop the buckets from falling down on people i think or something like that is that's that another game and watch game is that something to do with so in the the mario movie which ash hasn't seen i have it's great there's a character called spike who is supposed to be in the original in somewhere in the mario universe he's mario luigi's boss in one of the games is that is that where he comes from haven't a clue. Couldn't right. tell you. Okay. Don't know. I don't know the reference. No, um, I didn't know it either. I, I haven't seen it, so it, it may maybe in seeing it, I'd be able to decipher it a bit more. Right. But okay. Certainly not off the top of my head. I'm afraid. Sorry. Uh, and um, then the the modern version of Cement Factory then Mario ifies it. So it's Mario in a it's a cake or biscuit factory with Yoshi and Toad at the bottom trying to get the what you're making that the biscuit mix as it falls down. And there's little tweaks to the gameplay to make it more easy to play so if you don't hit a lift when it's level with the platform you don't tumble down and die it's, it's just got a bit of a animation of mario falling and then that's that it, it plays a lot smoother i think as well and i like the the gameplay was was quite uh, iterative so you start off with all the lifts there but as you got further into it one or two lifts might then disappear so you've then got a bit of platforming challenge in there as well which i quite liked yep I think in both guises, it's the most stress-inducing game, genuinely the most stress-inducing game, um, because you've got to be places on time and you've got to make sure everything's emptying in the right order and at yeah. the right point. So the, the, it is a juggling game, but I also think that something about it just just takes it over the edge for me from enjoyable to stressful. <laughs> Yeah. Um and and that is the same for I remember the one that I thought was Cement Factory as well uh that I've described. I remember it being the same there as well. I think the moving platforms things just a bit you know, it, it takes it a little bit more of a notch up it, coupled mm -hmm. with the rest of the things that I've outlined for having to be places on time and so forth. So a couple more things before we we wrap up then. Um one thing I really enjoyed about the package as a whole was the Mario theme and the attention to detail that comes with that. The fact you've got all the different roster of characters and the way they're used within it. So boxing, for example, you might be fighting against a boo, well you were fighting against a boo, and the boo would then turn transparent so you couldn't hit it. I thought that was really clever. But you've got all the menus, you've got some lovely animations. There's for each different game watch game you choose if you leave it for about five six seconds it then plays a little idle animation that's something to do with the game but with some characters from the mario universe uh, it's just it was a really nicely put together package and then yep. links to that is the gallery as you go through the game you'll unlock different things as you get the stars so the first thing both of us unlocked was a a music player so you could play the different bits of music from the game 
There was then a message board so you could go back and read the instructions on how to play each of the games. There was also the museum where you can start to build up your unlocks of the other Game & Watch games, as I actually talked about in the first half. Uh, just that, that structure, the way it was all coming together really well as well, I, I thought was, was pretty good. Yeah, um, I think progression-wise... So, um, if you have a look on this game... Uh, if you have a look at this game on how long to beat, it's got a like a main runtime of about six and a half hours. I don't know what they are factoring in there, but it then has a completionist time of 37 hours, which is quite mm-hmm. a large jump. Um completion i imagine is getting all 220 stars so i think you get three three or five i mean i think it'd probably be five i think you've got a total of five stars on each classic and modern um option and that then is how you unlock various different things in the museum and the and and mm-hmm. uh, the, the other places in in that area um including 11 of the games that you have access to in this package. Um, It's pretty compared to how these games have been packaged since. So this was 2002. Uh, In the years since, this is actually a pretty complete package. It's as complete as Game & Watch has ever really gotten uh, because there are 21 total uh, games available, uh, unlockable over 37 hours. And then subsequently you've only really ever had them handed out or offered in sets of of around three right so you could you could buy they they made a re they made a replica of a ball that they gave away to club nintendo members you had to have collected a number of uh a number of coins that you got by uh buying full Price games and then redeeming them on the internet so they were thou- you, you'd have spent thousands of pounds to get the ball replica right. um then they did a similar thing but they did it for i think the ds where there was game and watch collection and game and watch collection 2 and each of those collections had three of the original games on but none of the remastered type modernized versions it's very um, and then the person most- to this Absolutely. And then the most recent uh, way that you could get hold of them, as far as I'm aware, was on the 3DS, where you could um, where you could buy them as separate games. So like you could buy Ball and you could buy Flagman and you could buy, I think, Fire. And they had a number of them, but they were sing like one game per purchase. Um, so when you fact when you when you compare what has come since 2002 to what we got in 2002 this this big old package of of uh, 21 games that was being celebrated that were that came in two varieties uh for at least 11 of them you you really weren't you, you really haven't seen anything like it since and it's it's mind-boggling to me really um that it hasn't happened since because these are the perfect games to this in fact this is the perfect game game and watch gallery advance is the perfect game to release on a mobile for people to to celebrate it its heritage to celebrate the fact that this was a this was a this was the birth of nintendo as we know it today and uh that birth started on a train in tokyo yeah we still got japanese business people going about their their business they're going to want them to to play with 
exactly. I I think that the niche that existed then still exists now, mm. and I think that I think I've already said it, but maybe it was just off off mic to you. This would get played. I would play this, and that is when it's compared to much bigger fare, much bigger franchises, much bigger experiences. Sometimes I don't want much bigger. <laughs> I I want bite size. I want zoned in. You know, if I've spent my last ounce of energy at work and I'm on my way home, I want something to. Yeah. I want rain shower. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't want Breath of the Wild in that moment, maybe. I want Rain Shower. I want something that I can kick back and not have to think too much. But, alas, it ain't available. Doesn't exist. No, no. not at all. So get the change.org uh, petition <laughs> organised, somebody. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah, I can definitely see that happening. Oh, well, it's already... Thank- I've got it. I've right. I've done it. Super. No, I haven't. I haven't. No, I know. I, I, was, pl- I was playing along. I was doing a bit. <sighs> right. So, well, thank you very much for listening. And thank you for bringing that game, Ashley. Uh, good good times. Um, if you've enjoyed us, then please remember to join us on social media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And like, share, subscribe, rate, and review, please. Yes, thank you. Uh, thank you for sticking around. And we will see you again next week. Bye. Auf Wiedersehen.